July 3rd, 1973, David Bowie announces live in concert at the Hammersmith Odeon in London that this performance will be, quote, the last show that will ever do, end quote. The audience is shocked. Equally shocked are Bowie's band members, who are also hearing this news for the first time. At this time, Bowie's at the peak of his commercial success with the completion of the Ziggy Stardust tour, the recent release of his sixth studio album, Aladdin Sane, and the impressive feat of having five of his six studio albums in the top 40 list, with three of those five being in the top 15. But Bowie's announcement of the final show, coupled with the recent revelation that band member Mike Garson, piano player on the latest album, was making more than the members of the Spiders from Mars, turned this period of success into a period of tense inner turmoil amongst the band. Adding to the stress was RCA Records' demand for a new Bowie album by Christmas, and manager Tony Defrey's insistence that Bowie not make any more original compositions until negotiations with his publisher for higher song royalties were settled. So, the loudest complainer amongst the Spiders, drummer Woody Woodmansey, was replaced with Ainsley Dunbar for the stopgap project that became Bowie's seventh studio album, 1973's Pinups, a collection of covers of rock songs from Bowie's youth. Quote, These are all bands which I used to go and hear play down the marquee between 1964 and 1967. I've got all these records back at home, said Bowie. Only one single was released from the album, a song written by Richard Gautier, Jerry Goldstein, and Bob Feldman, and recorded in 1965 by the McCoys. This track originally featured as the B-side to the McCoys' own cover of Fever by Little Willie John. The McCoys' single and B-side both fell short of their previous release, the number one hit, Hang On Sloopy, but the B-side was picked up by the Mercies, who managed to take the song to number four on the UK charts, thanks in part to the impressive work of studio musicians including Jack Bruce, John Paul Jones, Clem Catini, and Jimmy Page. Although Bowie's album received mixed reviews, his single managed to top even the Mercy's version, hitting number three on the charts. Nothing to be sad about there. That's right, we're talking Sorrow by the McCoys on Bowie Me. That's right, it's Bowie Me, the only podcast that compares famous Bowie-related songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is the devil's daughter. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my blue-eyed co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, you don't actually have blue eyes. I have brown eyes. I tried to avoid doing the blonde hair and blue eye just to de-Aryanify it, you know. (laughs) Now I'm talking about it, so. It's true. It's out in the open now. Yeah. Although. Um, Yeah, you have neither. (laughs) Supposedly, I mean, you know, a few steps removed, but the guy who wrote Hang On Sloopy, I think also produced Brown Eyed Girl? Um, one of the guys who wrote? Because one, one of the guys who did it is also one of the guys who wrote this. Yeah. Is that the same guy? I don't think so. Hang on, let me do... Whip, 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 let me do, do a, a little... Uh, quick, quick, the guy... Uh, Goter. That guy? Bert... Richard. Bert Richard Goterer is the guy. Okay, so it's a different guy. Yeah. Richard Goterer was a real building writer. He also wrote Hang on Sloopy. Naturally, you needed a full team to create the masterpiece that the is masterpiece Hang on Sloopy. Like, hang on Sloopy. I went down a bit of a Hang on Sloopy rabbit hole. A bit. There were some rabbit Sloopy, holes yeah. in this one. Um, only be, not, not too much of it. I mean, so it's weird. It's a strange song. Mm-hmm. Not that strange. It's a little strange because I I played it in in junior high school band. It was like the first song we ever did was "Hang On Sloopy." What a bizarre choice! Yeah, apparently they also play it in like 
the, the the like marching band at Ohio State games or something like that. Like it's huh. some people play this, and then obviously the McCoys have a popular version from Ohio, and yeah. and yeah, the McCoys, man, they're a, they're a group featuring yeah. featuring Rick Derringer, who's probably you know who went on to be reasonably successful as like a rock and roll side man, more side or less, man. with one doing? big hit. What's his big hit? Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Oh, of course you even told me this yeah. beforehand. He did Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. That's like pretty much his big hit he's like known for. And that's also mostly because of, as I understand, the movie Days of Confused, at least nowadays. Right. Like it kind of brought it back maybe. I'm I don't sure know. nowadays, like. <laughs> Fair enough. That movie did come out the year I was born. And you as well. Because we were born yes. the same year. Uh, so, but it was kind of like revived, I think. Right, um, it was the the Dazed and Confused revival. That makes sense because I think that did revive a lot of like seventies tunes to the what was the modern era at that point. Yeah. Also directed by Richard Linklater. 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 I think Link, I'm, who's got another movie coming out. He did an AMA like yesterday, mm. uh, or recently. Anyway, sorry, um, I'm just getting off. On, no, you're on you are getting off, Alex. <laughs> on, on a tangent. <laughs> on a tangent. Um, so yeah, Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer. Um, you got He's Richard Richard Gauthier, the writer, who is a Brill Building writer. Um, Alex, famously a big Brill, oh. Brill Building pop fan. Um, this guy also formed Sire Records, which launched the careers of Blondie, Madonna, the Ramones, and Talking Heads. It's a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. And he wrote Hang On Sloopy. Come on. And he wrote Hang On Sloopy, which I played in junior high school band. I'd never heard the song in my life. I, I didn't know there were words. Like I, okay. I had no idea that it was a pop song. See, it was like, just a song a we played. Sloopy. I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, it's about a girl named Sloopy, I think. Sloopy. That's a weird name for a girl. Um, yeah, these guys are a bit weird because even this song, Sorrow, goes on to have like almost its own underground success. It's picked up, of course, by the Mercies, who we'll talk about, who themselves are uh, a <laughs> breaking off, off of, of the Mercy Beats, who were playing in the same uh, shitty clubs as the early Beatles. Yeah. And, of course, the Beatles then include a line from Sorrow in their song, It's All Too Much, from the album uh, Yellow, Yellow Submarine Summer. in 1969. And then you have David Bowie cover this in 1973. It's a weird, it's a weird song. Yeah, it's got, like, some history, even though it doesn't seem like it should. Because mm-hmm. it like wasn't that successful. Wasn't that successful. And it really is just kind of like a little simple like 60s pop song. Yeah, I I mean it's fine. I don't know. It's Maybe in the fine. 60s it sounded dangerous or something, but Maybe. But yeah, even like I can understand why the the McCoy's version doesn't take off. It's the Mercies who really put a little bit of interest in here. Did you put a good their, spin on it? Our spin on right. it. And of course they have a we'll team of people. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I, I did mention that team of people already. Jack Bruce from Cream, John Paul Jones of John Paul Jones fame, Clem Catini, uh, and and Jimmy Page. Two of those people, John Paul Jones and Clem Catini, of course, are confirmed to have worked on the song Hurdy Gurdy Man. Are uh, they confirmed? They're confirmed. We we got those okay. two locked in. Hey, Jimmy I Page. totally lost the thread of that. Jimmy Page, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. He says he didn't do it. Possibly also the, the late, great Jeff Le- Beck. Jeff Beck. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, that was my big excitement this week is finding those guys counting up again for my favorite mystery who actually played this fucking song. <laughs> who actually played this song. I mean, I do like, like looking over the Wikipedia article, even for this song, it says horns arranged by John Paul Jones, citation needed. And like, citation needed. So maybe yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah, I think he was still he on for, oh, was it Jack Bruce on bass? He was still on, I think, in some capacity. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, quite interesting. Alex, we're talking about pinups yeah. for the first time since the second episode of Cover Me. I can't believe it's taken this long. Has it really been that long? Uh, it has. There, we haven't talked about any other song. It's, like, even talking about Sorrow, this was the single off the album. Like, the tracks on pinups are not huge heavy hitters for the most part. Like, he even does a Pink Floyd cover, and it's some fucking, you know, Sid Barrett-era Pink Floyd yeah. song that nobody actually knows. It's like, See Emily Play or something? Yeah, that's the one it yeah. is. Um, two of these tracks are by a band called The Pretty Things, which some other musician told Bowie to do. He's like, you should do this songs by The Pretty Things. He's like, okay, I'll do it. I don't actually want to make the album, so yes, I will do this. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not like the most notable David Bowie album in the 70s, that's for sure. Yeah, not even in the same year. Aladdin's no. same came out the yeah. same year. There's also, I mean, some songs that really what I recognize off of it would be um, cover the Who covers. He's got, yes. I can't explain. And he's got anyhow, any anyway, anyhow, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, and even amongst Who songs, that's like B side. Like that's not, those yeah. aren't hitting the greatest hits list. Like although there's the other supposedly this was going to be like part one of a two part thing. Right, there was a where this was pin-ups. the the UK version, and then there was going to be an American version as well right. all american covers and i thought they had combined them but i'm pretty sure these are all no these are british all artists. british artists i'm pretty sure because um, i also read a quote somewhere i couldn't find it like verified but that he's like i need to show the americans and what british rock is all about yeah basically. they don't know these songs there and then like i, I mean i remember i think there's a david bowie cover of um i think waiting for the man was maybe related to this project and also a Springsteen song and I can't remember it was like it's hard being a saint in the city or something yes like he does because I think he's done both of those live hasn't he yeah I think so and I think I, they I were a live recording at one point maybe man. going to be on this album that never happened right that makes sense they were in his kind of repertoire anyway yeah. so for him to be like well I'm yeah. cranking out this project for record label obligations might yeah. as well do it. The funniest thing about this album, I guess, to me, one, looking at it this week, looking at the cover, I was like, something's fucking wrong with this picture. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so used to seeing our dumb faces there. <laughs> but if this commercial obligation album doesn't get made, it's very probable I'm not talking to you about cover songs for the past five years. Because this really, for me, as much as it was, like, it's it's a... It's a fucking, you know, C-plus project. There's some good songs right. on here. I like this version. It's not a crazy Bowie album. It's not all that. But it did open my eyes to be like, wow, one of the one of the greatest artists, in my opinion, not only likes covers, but will do them and release an album of them. Like, that's crazy to me. It kind of shifted my whole perspective on covers. Yeah, I do think... I've always thought, been interested by cover songs to some degree. Originally, probably more so in the idea of like, oh, you know, this was originally, don't you know, like mm-hmm. I have knowledge that you might not kind of thing. Right. Um, but I do think maybe not this album specifically, but definitely David Bowie, the fact that he 
most or all of his early albums have like at least have one at cover least one. On, yeah. on them. Um, and they usually sound different and weird in some way. Like that was definitely a thing that made me start to think about covers in maybe a different way. Plus I used For to sure. listen to shapes of things a lot. Um, cause there's a, there's a rush cover of it. So I heard that. And then I checked out the original Yardbirds version, I believe. And then, right, Oh, yeah. there's also a David Bowie version. Also what? A David Bowie version. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. David Bowie's whole like association with covers you're right. Really did change this. Cause I remember listening to like rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and like looking up the album on Wikipedia and then being like, he wrote all these cause he's the coolest. And I was like, actually this song is a cover of some random dude. You're like, no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. It kind of does. But- Kind of not. Kind of does. Alex, do you like the song Sorrow, though? It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't blow me away. It's not, like, super deep in a thoughtful way, necessarily. No, it's pretty uh, pretty simplistic. Um, I do like the instrumental arrangement, though, and I do think even though Bowie's hugs close to the original, or rather the Mercy's version, I think he really fleshes it out and puts a little bit of yeah, bit of Bowie spin on there. As we move through, I think or it it definitely gets more interesting. It evolves for sure. Yeah, yeah. I like. I actually do. Re- it's part of the reason I I picked this song to do. The other reason was that we did a bunch of heavy hitters. I figured we need one that was going to get us no traffic. No traffic. Yeah, we got to have at least one, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're doing this, Alex. Let's talk about this very simple song with its yeah. simple lyrics. Yeah, let's talk about some lyrics. Um, boom. You got long blonde hair and eyes of blue. The only thing that I get from you is sorrow. 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 Yeah, it's kind of broken up into these stanzas, like these couplets, basically. They're not even rhyming. Yeah, they yeah. rhyme. Do they rhyme? Money, games? Uh, no, that doesn't rhyme. No, they're Literally, just Sometimes like, they rhyme, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, but they're like two-line things, and then they have the sorrow refrain. Mm-hmm. And like, that's pretty much it. Like, they don't it's have really a big it. chorus or anything, or another section other than like a solo yeah it's no it's super simple so we got i guess we're supposed to pull from long blonde hair and eyes of blue that they are pretty right yeah that i think it's a a fair you might replace it with like just the word fair yeah (laughs) like you're pretty but you make me sad yeah (laughs) (laughs) which kind of has i guess Two meanings. Fair. That is. Um, Yeah. Yes. But that's it. Like, long. They're saying this person looks a certain way. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I do think the implication is that they're an attractive person. But it's like, oh, but they make you sad for some reason. We're going to find out why later. We're going to find out. I do like the use of got and get, though. You have these things, but what I get from you is this. You have these physical traits, but what I get. Don't even get your eyes. Yeah, I don't get to keep your hair. I don't keep your eyes. All I get is sorrow. What's the fucking point? What is the point? That we that is a good question because you're acting funny, spending all my money. You're out there playing your high class games. Sorrow, sorrow, sorrow. Yeah. So is that the idea that like this is a lower class person who is using this person's money to gain access to high class? things yeah and it could even be that both are low class right but he that's kind of what i was thinking like yeah yeah, it yeah seems to me like he this person there's nothing that suggests that the narrator is like 
is a man of wealthy. society or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hundred percent it. He's like, you're playing these these games. You're pretending to be high class use, with me bankrolling you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, taking advantage of me. He's calling her a gold digger, right? Yeah. He doesn't have any gold. He doesn't have any gold. And it's yeah, it's kind of, it kind of relates to love really hurts without you in some sense, where it's it's like she's using me to go do her own thing without me. <laughs> it's like what the hell? Yeah, there is a, a feeling of separation. I guess, yeah. even though, like, it's presented kind of as a, like, he's addressing her directly, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really feel like a conversation in that way. No, and even in the, uh, like, the, the presentation of it as a song, it feels almost reflective. Yeah. Like, he's talking to them, but maybe they're not really there. Yes, yeah. Like, like it's an accusation, but it's, it's bottled up. Mm-hmm. Especially because we get the the sort of turn in uh, verse four, th- the twist of this very complicated song. But we'll get there soon. Um, <laughs> you never do what you know you oughta. Something tells me you're the devil's daughter. Sorrow. That one almost rhymes. Sorrow. Ada daughter. Yeah. Something tells me you're the devil's daughter. Um. Yeah. I. This one just smacks of like. You don't follow traditional roles that I ascribe to you, to me, yeah. anyway. I, otherwise, I guess the other um, more charitable interpretation is what they ought to do is, like, generally be nice, I guess. Like, not spend his yeah, money re- on... Yeah, reciprocate love on some games. level, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, just the way it's phrased to me is very, like, especially being the mid-60s, it's yeah. very, like, ah, a woman shouldn't be doing these kinds of things, even though that's not really what it says. Yeah, you're right. It could kind of be read either way. It depends on how much we like the narrator, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to, you know, just have a negative interpretation just for the sake of it. But that was yeah. kind of my knee-jerk reaction. Um, this fucking guy telling fucking women guy. where to be, huh? Uh, why I oughta, you know. I mean, he says oughta, I don't immediately yeah. think that. So. <laughs> <laughs> why I oughta. Yeah, because I, I thought it maybe is just like, it could even relate to not the way she treats him, but just in general. He's like, your, your apartment's a mess, lady. Yeah, you should you, probably. You really, <laughs> I mean, you just, you know. You gotta feed yourself. You gotta. You gotta feed yourself. You, you gotta can't do live off here. of Gatorade, and I don't know. A, a second thing <laughs> that would that would constitute more than just like liquid and salt. <laughs> liquid, yeah. Chicken <laughs> um, soup. Let's say uh, Nutrigrain bars. That's know. right. Those Both the big the 60s, products right? in the sixties. <laughs> I mean, they might have. I don't know that they didn't. They mm-hmm. probably would have been packaged differently. Yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, you know, Pop-Tarts were around in like the 50s, I'm pretty sure. So if you think about that. 60s, 60s, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, you know, things, time, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing. But yeah, the point of verse three, she is uh, almost a, uh, she's literally the devil to him. The devil's daughter. She, to our narrator. Yeah, she she might be evil. And she is in some way not filling a role that. That, that he needs or expects yeah. for some reason. And then it's causing him sorrow. We get to the refrain. Sorrow. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I guess that's the other section. They just say, oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. 
and then we rip into Harmonica Soul in the original. We'll talk about that soon. I tried to fight it, but I can't resist her. I never knew just how much I missed her. That almost rhymes. Her and her. Sorrow. Sorrow. <laughs> yeah, this is the internal, though. Like, resist and missed, I think, is the mm, where you get yes. it from that one. That's where you get it. I was um, definitely yeah. listening to a song where they rhymed edge and ledge, and I was like, okay, all right, that works, but it's kind of the same word, though, right? Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, but this, yeah, works enough. Like, as much as any of the rest of it works, yeah. It's, uh, and this Rhyme is the turnaround. Wise. I've just spent three verses talking about how awful this woman is to me. Despite all that, yeah. I am still For very some much reason, in love with her and water around. There's some force. Some force. Pulling them together. Is it love? Is it love? I don't know. Is it it's lust? Ethereal. The song doesn't propose that it is anything other than some force yeah just that he can't resist her and it also says i never knew just how much i missed her so does that mean that he's left that is what i got from it and that is why i also think the first three verses are like a a reflection and that does make sense so then they're not together anymore so he's just talking Mm -hmm. about all these reasons why he doesn't want to be with them and then is like but i have to but yeah, also they're apart they're apart they're separated so it's like is he now trying to get her back kind of seems like it especially because of verse five yeah the long blonde hair and the eyes of blue the only thing i ever got from you was sorrow sorrow or is just repeating and like trying to remind himself like no i gotta stick to my guns yeah gotta remember that it all is... i ever got was sorrow yeah, he's, so he is in this state where he has this urge, much like a drug addict. He's he's trying to sit down and say, like, well, I just got to detox. But then he's like, I can't resist it, though. I got to go out there and get her. Um, that is maybe, there is lyrical improvements in the David Bowie version as well, I think, that makes verse four a little more active. We'll get there. We'll get there, uh, but that's this verse. So yeah, it's like a simple love song. We've had we talked about versions like this. I love Bad Woman, you know. It's <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a not, a not uncommon theme. Like mm-hmm. relationship bad, but also for some reason love. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a classic topic. This one doesn't really you know split the atom in any way. It's not like. A, crazy new take on this yeah it's it's just another one of these mm-hmm. it's, you not know, to be too crap. hard on it it's fine not to be too hard on it i will say and i i agree with the beatles here i do like the line with your long blonde hair and your eyes are blue yeah i think that's a that's a nice yeah, it's a nice little it sounds I do. like i mean yeah that part good. for sure has a good good little rhythm to it mm-hmm and I mean, in, in a way that gets used by the, by the other uh, versions. By the other versions. It's, yeah. So it's like, it's good. It's a little sing-songy. It's not groundbreaking, but you can see how or it Or if it, it was hit. groundbreaking, it is not immediately it's obvious. Not immediately obvious how or to why. us. Um, and there's no information I could find about it, so I'm going to assume. Well, I would it. say, I would argue that since their version didn't take off, that it's like, it, without the support of this you know, almost Wrecking Crew-esque uh, backing musician group. Right, like they just didn't have that expertise They didn't have the, the juice, yeah. You can't, it was, it was no hang on Sloopy in these guys' hands, you know? Hang <laughs> on Sloopy. 
Sloopy hangout. Anyway. Is uh, <laughs> that how it goes? I yeah. really don't know. Let's talk about the instrumentation, yeah, though, let's for talk this about version. Um, slow, man. Yeah, it's like very slow, sleepy. Like rock ballad stuff. I mean, they're a rock and roll band, because that's like their yes. setup, but it's not very like party rock or anything. No, it's the, the sleepy bass going boom, 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 like that kind yeah, of thing going on. Real basic. Basic, yeah. uh, basic, basic bass. drums. Um, harmonica is kind of the most interesting thing going on here to me. And it's really just doing For like, sure. a, like yeah, a... Yeah, just kind of like... Thing. Yeah, Tremolo? exactly. So it opens with that. You get it for the solo. Tremolo. Oh, yeah, a little tremolo. <laughs> to, I tremolo always bros. forget the difference between vibrato and tremolo. So That's I fair. Think about it for a minute. I was going to call it a drone that wiggles, so you're, you're like a, a wiggly drone. Than me. <laughs> yeah. We probably make those, they fly. That's right, little little wiggling drones. Little wiggly drones. It's wiggling though. You're in trouble though. You gotta. It's gonna gotta fall, get out yeah. of those those winds. Yeah. Uh, so then the guitar. So that's yes. Rick Derringer, I believe. Rick who Derringer. at this point is like a high school student, pretty much, right? Or like young, but eventually becomes. I mean, more Mr. like Mr. Huchiku. Mr. Huchiku, but more like. I mean, we talked about the All Star uh, recording group for the mercies version yes uh, which um is coming up <laughs> right but he but rises to that same he, kind like, of level would pretty of... much be that but in like a decade kind of thing. right or like within you get a few Rick years Derringer on the Cause, track because like, he's he worked available a ton with um uh the winters brothers okay so yeah. edgar edgar winter group is probably more popular because they had um frankenstein is one edgar winter song and i'm uh, what's the other one? Uh, free Ride. Yeah, so that's probably the big one, yeah. is Free Ride. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so stuff like that. And then he also worked with, like, a ton of other artists, uh, playing guitar or, uh, or producing, and things like that. Okay, yeah. He also, he did, like, a, <laughs> um, like, the Hulk Hogan theme, like, fruits, <laughs> called, like, Real American or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah, he did do uh, that for like WWF back in the day. That's I love that kind of like musician success story where it's like they had a couple of hits, then they became just like a studio producer guy, like really yeah. behind the scenes. Got their hand so in they, like everything. Everything, because they're still like working dudes. They're not yeah. mega famous. They're like, yeah, I'll do the Hulk Hogan theme here. Yeah. <laughs> they still got to do fucking weird projects. I love that shit. Yeah. So he was but he, yeah, he's playing guitar on this. It's like a, just a kind of like chill arpeggio, really, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he's a pretty skilled guitar player. Obviously, this is still his early days, but like, yeah, definitely. There's like more. It's like more precise, I think, than maybe other guitarists would be at this level. Yeah, uh, but there's not still not that much to it. No, but it's kind of. It's also like kind of got that like old school jangly sound too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's playing with that harmonica a bit in that sense. I think he's playing a Rickenbacker, just based on Ooh. this image. Uh, jangly. And yeah, like you said, harmonica. going. Yeah, they're, they're hitting that same kind of genre tone. Um, these sleepiest vocals, though, you can imagine. I guess it plays into the sad boy vibes of this. Yeah, it's but... real It's real um, thoughtful, I guess you, you I would say. Um, yeah. Charitably. It's a dude looking out the window, right? Uh, 
Yeah, it's like a sigh. It's a big long yeah. sigh. I mean, there's even the middle of the song. He stops and goes, oh, oh, um, like you know, he's sighing um, the whole time. Yeah, this is like depressed dude vibes. Yeah, this is. <laughs> hmm, someone was talking to me about sad boy music, and they were not talking about this song. But if it was the '60s, they probably would have been. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. And the harmonica is the best part. You get a harmonica section after those O O O's. And that's pretty fun. It's not like, it's just like nice to hear a harmonica, you know? <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah, it's very, it sounds very close to the mic, which is always nice for harmonica because, I don't know, you get this like scratchiness. I mm-hmm. find if, if they're, uh, if you're like real close and you kind of amp it without like filtering up it up, it out too much. It makes it feel more like organic or authentic, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so it's got, it's got that sound going on. So that's cool. Yeah. I do like that. I like I like the harmonica on this, simple as it can be. Um I actually I like I like a good jangly guitar too. Yeah, it's uh, uh kinda, you know, birdsy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh got in that like country rock vein, which is probably more referencing this sort of thing, but it's around the same time. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, this one ultimately feels like, I guess, kind of like its own genre cover. Like, it's just like, this is rock and roll. We threw on these lyrics about being sad about women, and here's a bit of harmonica and stuff. It does feel like a B-side. It feels like filler. It doesn't feel like it has staying power at this point. it's very simple. And, like, there's not anything big that I could point out. I mean, the harmonica solo has a melody. Mm Mm-hmm. That kind of comes back later, I think. Yeah, that. Let me listen to that again. Yeah, but it's still pretty simple. Kind of. It's pretty simple. It's all very simple. And it's just like it doesn't have that power, I think, to stay in your head and be like, "Wow." Yeah, they clearly had this idea, this like longing thing, mm-hmm. and when they were uh, laying it down, that seems to be what they were thinking of. Yeah. And, uh, it does feel like, to some degree, it takes a bit of the energy out of it. Yeah, 100%. It's, they need to find that same emotion, but find a way to punch with it, you know, to really deliver it to us. And that's, that's where they fall short here. Yeah. Of course, the other way to go with this is to up-tempo it and throw in some strings and... <laughs> go wild with it which is going to bring us into our first cover here unless you got anything else to say about throwing horns yeah buddy who's going to arrange those horns though nobody knows we, we don't know but we know that the mercies are on this in 1966 yes the mercies <laughs> Like we said, spinoff of the Mercy Beats. Yes. Or or they left the Mercy Beats and said, there's two of us. Let's form another band. That is most of the name of our previous band. Yeah, let's just cut off the end. Let's face it. The Beats were the guys who were playing the instrument instruments were vocalist Tony Crane and Billy Kinsley. They also play guitars. I think I saw them do a like a TV performance of this, which is the two of them. But at least Billy Kinsley has a guitar on in this picture. Yeah, but they are, I think they're predominantly vocalists, which is why you get on the fucking Jimmy Page on guitar, John Paul Jones on bass, Clem Catini on drums, right. and Jack Bruce 
playing Jack Bruce plays the Bode bass. Of course, this the introduction on this is really uh, what what becomes the hook of this song. Yeah, that is cool. Oh yeah, dude. Comes in a lot. Um, comes in a lot. What does that even mean? Comes in in a lot of the covers. That's what that means. Yes. Comes up a lot. Um, but like you said, it's faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is, and they 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 pick it up quite considerably. Um, some of the parts, particularly the the guitar part, does sound very similar, but faster. But yeah. because it's faster, it it feels quite different. And yeah, it becomes more distinct, right? It it's less of this just like a loose arpeggio, a loose riff, and it's this bam bam down out down down out solidified a bit yeah it's got it's got some energy man yeah they're putting something putting something yeah these these guys find the energy to complain right like (laughs) it is a sad reflection song it's also a complaining song like like you kind of mentioned in verse three it's like well what should she be doing right well who are you to tell her yeah you whiny guy like (sighs) and so they put that in here sorrow like they they give us the words and it's it's a stronger delivery overall. Yeah, and there's and, a lot more going on. Mm-hmm. Horns, horns, punching up things. Yeah, um, they come in pretty early too. Uh, mm-hmm. Did they leave for a long time? I'm thinking of something else. Um, yeah, you and get vocal harmonies on this. Both of the mercies there on the on that. Yes, the, the, the harmonies, combo. The, the, yeah. in particular, near the end, mm-hmm. um, when they go into like a, I don't know if it's actually a canon, but I think it's a canon where they like, yeah, the, of, the I couldn't sleep last night yeah. section. Um, is that the part? Let me see. Or is it just before no, it's or just after the, that? I tried to fight, her. and then he comes. Oh with, yeah, I tried to fight. I tried to fight. Where yeah, like, that is for sure canon. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that part, that's going to come up also on some covers, so you know it's a cover of this version. But that's a, you know, that creates some more interest, especially compared to the original. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool feature. And cool then, feature. Okay, yeah. so their guitar solo is basically the harmonica solo on guitar. Right. So it comes up in at least one other one. <laughs> it's still not, like, that interesting, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's good enough. That's you know it fills the space, yeah. and you get big horns in it too. These mm-hmm. they're excited to be there. The horns, like sometimes, especially near the end there, in that I couldn't sleep last night section, a bit much, I think. But right at the end, <laughs> yeah, because they're like with your long blonde hair doing this kind of like almost breakdown section, but then these horns are like, <laughs> like okay, yeah, just just two blasts at a time though. Yeah. So it's not like throughout, but it is, yeah, mm-hmm. quite sharp when it does come in. So yeah, you get that guitar solo, you know, just kind of a basic fill section. Backing vocals are in there. There's still harmonica in this, but it's a lot there. less prominent. I thought it was, I guess so. It's kind of, I mean, it, it builds later on. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I kind of thought. It's more like chugging harmonica. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. how it is. It's more like like rhythmic. Dan it, dan it. Yeah, it's so, just kind of doing these two notes. Mm-hmm. 
and the bass gets a little more to do here. It's doing kind of like a rock and roll boogie kind of. Yeah, and I'm always I, I, st- I always have to like go back and be like, but is it the same as in the original, but slower? Yeah, it no, because the original. Oh, is it okay? Well, part the of original it does a lot of like, okay. Yeah, because the original does a lot of just like boom, 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 boom. It's it also has the like the boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. You're right. You are correct. It's in both of them. Check it you out. Got me. Check it out. Um, so it's more interesting. Yeah, I can see why this is the one that people would want to cover. For sure. And with all that in there, they are. I found in the original that the vocals got swallowed up by the instrumentation a lot. Okay. But with this version, I found that they were really pushing the vocals to the forefront. Sometimes the instruments come off as maybe a little quiet in the mix, but that's because. Except for at the end. Yeah, except for at the end, obviously, but that is to support the Mercies, who are, I think, vocalists first. Right. And then everything else second. Yeah. And I mean, it is that new section at the end where. Mm-hmm. When that happens. Yeah, I couldn't sleep last night. I couldn't sleep last night. Yeah, this one really lays the groundwork, though, for most covers to come after. Or rather, for David Bowie to come after, and then everybody else, everybody else. gloms onto that version. Yeah, or at least some of them. It's a little mm-hmm. unclear sometimes. but Some of them, yeah, you're right. There's at least one that goes in a different direction. Yeah, there's definitely bef- one that is on an album called A Tribute to David Bowie. Yeah, weirdly enough, they do the McCoy's vert nomkin. Weird. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But before David Bowie covers this, the song sweeps the world, takes the world by storm, hitting even the even Brazil, where Ed Wilson covers it in 1966. Yeah, Ed Wilson. Sandra. So he's a Brazilian rock singer-songwriter. Yeah, Portuguese. Yeah, he calls it Sandra instead of Soro. Which Um, I think is a good move because, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you're changing lyrics between languages, it can be difficult to find an equivalent word. But he just puts a name in. Yeah, still fits that mopey vibe, that like sorrowful reflection. And, but yeah, just use a woman's name. Perfect. And it's also part of, uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong because it is, a, I assume, a Portuguese phrase, Jovem Guarda movement. I think um, you'd say like Jovem. Oh, you say show I always fucking, I yeah, fuck up J's all the time. So. I know, because I never know what to do with J's. I'm pretty sure Portuguese doesn't do the same thing as Spanish. Well, fuck them. No. <laughs> so yeah, Jovem, Jovem Guarda. It's uh, influenced by American rock and roll and British invasion music. And the lyrics are often kind of like soft teenage romance songs. Right. So it like I couldn't find the lyrics for this song, but knowing I, what I know of this I movie, did actually find you them, did. And I translated them, but just I mean it's just Google. It's Translate. a rough translation. Yeah. Um so these don't seem as sorrowful. Like um Okay. <laughs> loneliness I will never have again. Now I found Sandra, Sandra, the world has changed for me as soon as I met love, Sandra, Sandra, my life is already happy because the girl who wanted me was Sandra, Sandra, oh, 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 singing, I will always swear that I will live only to love, Sandra, Sandra, loneliness, I will never have again, now I found Sandra, Sandra, so it's quite different. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the exact opposite. Yeah. 
it's not like longing um it is i found this person and i love them and it's great because they also love me or did yeah say that? the girl who wanted me yeah so like yeah the girl who wanted isn't me isn't it great that this relationship is happening so yeah very different yeah i guess it could be the kind of sleepy contentness i'm hearing in this there's something there it's always difficult with you know other languages because it's for sure understand um well, now I'm all fucked up. But, uh, yeah, this version also, like, your kind of standard rock version, we still get harmonica in there, but it does this fun little, like, little it, run upwards. There's a bit of... So, I mean, I know it's Brazilian, yeah. so there's a there's a temptation to, you know, talk about Bossa Nova. But it does, like, if you listen to the drums, they do that, like, 2-4 accent that is mm. more jazzy than rocky. You know? Listen for it. Okay. Hang on. Okay, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, so it has that. So it, it, it definitely has a different feel. So, uh, you know, from the from the uh, English language versions. But not like that much. But definitely identifiable as like Brazilian in that way. Yeah, it distinguishes it a bit. Because even with this being essentially the same pieces as the original plus or minus the, the the lyrical intent like i think i kind of like this version more yeah sometimes just changing like if the language is taken away like the understanding is taken away some of that like judgy part of at least my brain yeah shuts, shuts off. off um and you can just enjoy it just for like the sounds for sure um but yeah uh, that said it doesn't do like a ton it kind of i mean changes up the sounds a bit like it's it's slower than the mercies it's much more of a mccoy's cover yeah um and st- i like the mccoy's version like stays pretty even throughout it's just like kind of mm-hmm. that regular drumming and the guitar strumming and like there's some harmonica licks in this one too it doesn't like is it a little solo? it's just the solo from the original i think okay yeah, so, like, there's similar um, parts. Similar parts, yeah. That harmonica does, like, a little follow-up on lines, though. That da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The end of just about every line there, which I think is yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Is that in the original? I don't think so. I always miss the harmonica in the original for some reason, which is weird, because there's not that much stuff in it. Um, anyway. I mean, it does follow, it's a different pattern, though. It's just like that, uh, tremolo on the original. On this one, it's a distinct pattern. Ah, I see. Yes, definitely. Um, I also found, like, the mixing of this one. I could hear the guitar and the harmonica, like, it felt like they were more separated. Which Mm -hmm. I kind of liked, because then I could focus on each of them. Yeah, they've been coming on different sides of the speaker here. Listen to it now. So anyway, so it's a nice, it's a nice little version. This yeah. one, I don't know, makes more sense to me because I, I, I'll admit I don't know much about Ed Wilson. I'm like, it's just some guy who's doing a song and it's kind of nice versus like a rock band. I'm like, why would a rock band play this song? It's not. Yeah. And this guy goes and on to do gospel music. So like having him do some little saccharine love song <laughs> is like pretty in line with yeah. like, his trajectory. <laughs> And yeah, even again, like removing the meaning for him as well, like probably helps just being like, well, here's a little, a little vocal melody I liked and I'm just going to fucking flip it around here. Now it's about Sandra. Boom, bang, boom. 
Yeah. It works. Yeah. Good for him. Good for Ed Wilson. Too bad about the whole gospel music career. <laughs> Let's talk about David Bowie in 1973. More? More? Yes, more Bowie. Yes, more Bowie. It is time for Bowie. Uh, we already talked about pinups. Yeah. Uh, the album this is on. We yeah. talked about why he recorded it. It was not entirely his idea or something he wanted to do. Yeah. But it was songs he liked, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it was all from records. Apparently, he just like sat down with a bunch of forty fives and like listened to a bunch. I was like, I should do this. No, oh, I yeah. should do this oh, one yeah. too. I quite like the song Sorrow by the Mercies. By the Mercy. No, no, not by the McCoys. The McCoys. By the Mercies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, another Chateau Droville. Chateau Dero- you say? I always say Daroville. There you go. It might be Daroville. Daroville. Uh, but this is a yeah, big fucking French mansion. Apparently this is where Mark Bolin recorded Tanks. Tanks? So much stuff. I mean, I think Honky Chateau... Was recorded. Stems there? from that. that I would. I would believe it was that. that. Um, we talked about it a bunch. We talked about it um, in Sound and Vision, our recent right. Sound and Vision episode. We talked about it uh, when it comes up when we talk about Jethro Tull sometimes. Jethro Tull. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, very. Uh, yeah. Most importantly, though, studio. Mark Bolin recommended it to David Bowie. After ah, that that's album right. Recording. That's why he yeah. went. Oh, I just, there's a recording, a live recording of, of, uh, at least Mark Boland, but probably T-Rex, um, where he says, I recorded this in a studio in France. France. Good studio there. That's what he says. And then he sings the song. Uh, France. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Anyway, that's probably the studio he's talking about. I don't know. Yeah, I would imagine so. There's only one studio in France. Yeah, they only right? have one, right? I mean, there's um, only one Mark Bull, and how many studios in France can he get to? Is a better way to look at the problem. Oh, man. He didn't have that much time, all things considered. That's, uh, yeah, all things considered. Um, yeah, so, what's I going just, on here? There's like some what, Bowie stuff what's going, going on, on here, in man. Here? This is some real Bowie shit. As much real as like Bowie there's shit. criticisms of this album that are like, oh, I doesn't do that much with the songs, and it's pretty safe. Like, this one feels like he did a lot with the parts while playing it safe. Yeah, I mean, he always Bowieifies songs, especially at this mm-hmm. time of his yes. career. Um, and this is no exception. But it's still definitely, like, it's definitely inspired by the Mercies. You know, that's the version he's taking from for this. Um, there's things like his intro strings. It's, it's, like, higher. It's like a violin. It's not a bass kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there's some other sounds that are, I would say, he played with more in, like, this album. And it's, it's maybe in other albums, but less prominently. Like, there's a phaser effect. Yeah. Particularly on the piano and then I think on the guitar as well. Um, yeah, you can definitely hear it on that piano. Though. Yeah. And uh, I feel like you get it in some of the other songs on this, on this album as well. I'm trying to remember a specific example, but I can't remember. Um, mm. Anyway, so it's, it's playing with some, some things, clearly, still thinking about stuff. And, you know, yeah, we, the knowing where like... he went next, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. He still had some ideas kicking around. 
for sure he did. Um, and even lyrical ideas. So he makes very minor changes here that I think are pretty fun. So the first one being in uh, you acting funny trying to spend my money. You're out there playing your high class games of sorrow. So in the right. original, it just is you're out there playing your high class games. Full stop. And then sorrow, sorrow, sorrow. So here he's like, there's a change in that, like the game she is playing in the original. It's like the game she's playing is causing the narrator sorrow. Whereas this, it's about the money more than anything. It's yeah. <laughs> feels like mm-hmm. originally. Whereas this one, it's like this person is almost specifically attacking the narrator with these. They're like, you're playing these fucking like basically mind games, right? The things they're doing more than yeah. just the like ignoring. Mm-hmm. The things they're doing are bringing him sorrow. Yeah, it's more active, it feels like. Yeah. You are actively playing games because you know that they will bring sorrow to me, is what it yeah, feels like. Yeah, which is... Yeah, it's, sad, it's sadder, man. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, a heavier That's impact there. Not a great relationship. And then we get the more active uh, version of the, the try to find her. Because it is I tried to find her in this one. He says, I tried to find her because I can't resist her. I never knew just how much I missed her. Mm -hmm. So rather than this, like, sitting in reflection, he's like, I, like, there's there's a bit of action in there. And his past tense action, but he's like, I had to fucking go out there and look for her because. Right, it's not just thinking anymore, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a small change, but it it makes it, does make it feel uh, different. Yeah, on, and worth noting, and this was also in the Mercy's version, but that bit about not being able to sleep last night is not from the original. Yeah. So we also get that, the idea that this, this person is on his mind with your long blonde hair, I couldn't sleep last night. Yeah, that stuff's new. There's a few other, I mean, there's things that are adapted or new. Um, those are not in the same category. I don't know why I listed them together. Let's talk about both of them, though. Let's talk about both of them. Um, in terms of ad- adaptation or adapted elements, uh, I do like what he does with the canon. Uh, because, yes. I mean, the, especially us as Bowie fans, we, we know this is something Bowie does a lot, which is uh, his own kind of like, like he'll overdub several tracks of himself, but, like, he'll be doing his backup vocals, and it's, like, weird because it's not, like, a backup vocal that just fades into the background. It's Mm -hmm. David Bowie again. And it's not always clear necessarily what the lead is. Is, yeah. um, Because it's all, like, his kind of weirdo voice. Mm -hmm. Um, So you get that here, but it's at the first mostly just, like, a double track. Yeah. And then it moves that and, like, slides them apart. So then you've got this canon effect, which yeah. is pretty cool. Very cool. The other cool part about that section in general is it, it is active. It feels very active. It like pops out. It's, I tried to find her because I can't. Re-. Like it, we right. shift the song. And the musically. lyrics change to support that mm-hmm. as well. To support that. So yeah, it's a very good move in terms of generating excitement in the song and then taking advantage of the weirdo Bowie vocals. It's like, <laughs> It's, a song. it's probably the best part of the song, honestly. Yeah, it's, yeah, I like when it gets there. Um, the other thing, so there's like an instrumental section in the middle, <laughs> which up to now has been just a little solo usually. His is still yeah. kind of a little solo, but it's like two saxophones. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like the lower saxophone, honestly, uh, is giving me some, some V2 Schneider vibes. Um, 
Oh yeah, that bomb. Yeah, bomp. which is only a few years away, but uh, yeah, feels like so far removed uh, from from heroes. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, that and that low that low one. Yeah. Yeah, even just like the noises he gets out of a saxophone are pretty like even in the song, like pretty broad. It's a very smooth one, play the the higher one, and then coupled with this proto V2 Schneider on the bottom, it's hmm. you don't get that anywhere else. Excuse me. You're excused, Alex. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here now. Yeah, so beautiful instrumental section with the saxophone, something you don't really see. And again, that leads into that tried to find verse with these exciting vocals, these higher strings, just like a very uplifting section in a song about being sad because of your love for this bad woman. Yeah, like there's some, it's almost more believable, like that's where he feels motivated. Because mm-hmm. obviously the thing he's doing is not great because he's like chasing after this negative relationship. Yes. But, but like you believe that he wants to do it. Exactly. And it even like carries on like that instrumentation that's upbeat carries on into the the repetition of the first verse. Mm -hmm. So it reflects the changing in thinking as he looks back. He's like, fuck yeah, the hair and the eyes and the sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So we've it's a cycle, but like he's now kind of back in it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's a, it's an awesome change. There you go. I like this even more than when we started talking about it. Hell yeah, I didn't think it was possible, but me too. Oh man. But there's more. But wait, there's more. There's a video. Is there a video for yeah, this? Yeah, there's a music Damn, video. I missed it. Um, um there's I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, you pull start it up. talking about it. So, do you know who not, directed this? Uh no. Okay, fair enough. Probably not a David Mallet number then. Uh, but there is not an official video, just the song sing to the performance. That can't be the right one. Um, um, look up the remastered version plus outtake with Amanda Lear, because so Amanda Lear is in this, um, who was a bit of a name in like the art world, I think at the time, or right, she was like close to Salvador Dali for a number of years, um. But basically, it's got her. Okay, so this is the filmed remember. in October 1973 as part of the 1984 show TV special? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. okay. So I guess maybe that's not exactly... Still, we're talking about because she's got rather. this big vampire costume on and a sparkly rod. What the fuck is Yeah, there's like here, a ton Alex? of like guys in like black... <laughs> Yeah, these like leotards or something, but they're covered in like doilies, basically. Yeah, like netting. Yeah, so they kind of got like layers of their outfit, and then one guy who's got a saxophone and like a golden top hat. Yes. Um. So basically, like the camera pans across them or whatever. Yeah. And uh, then it gets to Bowie, and he's got his, you know, he's got his um, Ziggy mullet and his yeah. white, this like white suit on, and he had a. Cu- from that era, he had a couple suits, right? Because he's got a suit in some of the promo stuff and, like, the mm-hmm. Life on Mars video and things like that, which yeah. were from around the same time. But that's more of, like, a powder blue thing. Yeah, um, exactly. He almost looks exactly like he does on David Live, but with the white suit instead of the powder blue. Yeah. Um. So it's just a bunch of, like, lanky dudes not moving, for the most part, mm-hmm. as David Bowie walks through them. Um, and then the guy with the saxophone starts to play the saxophone, or at least mime it. 
Because it, it yeah. seems to be the recorded version. Because he gets touched by the big sparkle rod. Right, he gets touched by the big sparkle rod. It kind of seems like the sparkle rod that Amanda Lear is holding and mm-hmm. just like t- poking people yeah. with. It's like it's, it's not used to... enough. Like the concept <laughs> is is kind of interesting. Be like, oh, you poke someone and then they start to do their thing, right? Yeah, they come to life. Basically, but it happens like one time. Mm-hmm. So it's like not even really a concept. It's just a thing that happens. Yeah, just for the sax solo. It was like for yeah. the sax solo. And otherwise, she's off stage. It's like this checkerboard stage. Yeah, she's, she's off not stage. Really. Until the very end where he, like, sings at her. Yeah. Uh, and then in some versions, they have a conversation. Okay. Uh, she's almost got an eye patch, but it's actually just the way her hair is going Yes, yeah, it's just her hair. <laughs> um, and then he kind of, like, touches her hand. Like, he's singing at her, which kind of makes sense in the context of the song, is, like, singing up at this idealized person. Yeah, she's got... Long blonde hair. I haven't seen her eye color. I haven't noticed it. Yeah, honestly, it's a little ambiguous because it's old. It's yeah, an old yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> recording. Uh, but she probably is. I can't tell what color her eyes are. I can't tell. Let's I'm say trying blue. my hardest here. Let's say blue. Uh, and then, like, at the end, they talk a bit. Okay, that would be the plus outtake. Yeah. This is life is too short for questions. Yeah, it's like a very strange. I mean, considering the, all the David Bowie videos we've seen over the years, not all that strange. <laughs> no, not really. Like a bit it's slapdash, though. I think you're when, right. Like yeah. pretty simple. And the rod concept would be way cooler if it. Yeah, like, it, it would really... almost seem like, oh, if they had come and like she'd poke them consecutively and like then they were all moving by the end or something. Versus mm-hmm. like David Bowie just kind of walks through them and then one of them gets poked by the rod. Yeah. And he plays for a bit. And then David Bowie goes over and talks to Amanda Lear for a minute. Yeah, it should have been like poke whoever starts, poke the, the the strings at the start, get them going. And then maybe, yeah, poke David Bowie up to life. And then even if you could alternate pokes on people, so you could turn them off too. But I, this was a stage show as well as a TV special. So there was a live audience, I assume. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, here you go. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, that video. Yeah, that's that video. Thanks to Mr. Sussex, who put this together and uh, yeah. I guess edited some footage that was never broadcast together Putting to give us that scripted version. scene between the two. Ending with a someone doesn't flip the page properly, so she doesn't know what her line is. <laughs> Have you seen that? It w- oh, fuck, who is it? Is it Patti LaBelle doing a, a Christmas song that she doesn't know? I don't think I've seen it, no. Yeah, it's this Christmas, Patti LaBelle, uh, the video's called Patti LaBelle, We're My Background Singers, and so she's got these guys on cue cards, <laughs> and she the, the song's playing, her background singers aren't on stage yet, so she's just like ad-libbing between lines and be like, we're my background singers in this Christmas! <laughs> she's like, flip the card, flip the card! <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> Uh, she's gesturing. All right, all right. I'll check that out. You give that a check, but yeah, that's what that made me think of. You know what else it makes me think of? Not this, but we're gonna talk about it anyway. Status quo, Status 1996. Yeah, we've talked about status quo a couple times. They're weird because, I mean, there's a lot of changes in this group. For uh, a band called Status Quo? What? Because the status quo is typically 
yes. something that's normal. So oh, I see. I got you. It stays stable, you know. Yeah. So, although they have, I think, one original member, most of the original members passed away. So that's a, a unfortunate. Yeah, they've been um, around for 60 years and the band is still together despite yeah. all its many changes and variations. The oldest member is uh, joined in 62. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Um, and then the youngest member joined in 2016. Or I don't know if he's the youngest, but the most recent. But that's the most he's recent. Only, he's only 36. So Yeah, and that's the, they really do, like, when I was looking up things, and they're like, we're still around, and we started in 1962. You're like, that's very impressive and also insane. And also, like, not the whole story, but, like, still. Yeah, but still. Know. And they're like, have you heard pictures of Matchstick Men? I'm like, no, I haven't. Yes, <laughs> I actually really like that song. Okay, uh, I don't know it, but I, as I understand it, that's one of their big ones. Yeah, that's that's kind of the big status. If if you said what status quo song should I listen to, I probably would say that one. Yeah. Although they have a ton of covers. I see that movies. here. Yeah, we've talked about them a couple times. As a couple well. times. Um, and they I tend to kind of just before, be like mid. They kind of just hit the mid. Is their thing? <laughs> yeah, they're very much. I mean, they're not blazing any trails, you know? Like, they're doing pop covers of pop songs, more or yeah. less. Or popular music covers of popular songs, if it's not pop specifically. I don't want to get into that too much, because I don't know much about it. You know a ton um, about it, Alex. I know things don't about it, but then short. it's like, over time, and I'm like, ah, in 96, what was it? Ah, I don't know. That's the question, right? And this is 96, and these guys are kind of like... They're in a weird spot in 96. <laughs> yeah, this is a real... Um, like Phil Collins cover. Yeah, with like a hint of like edutainment videos. Edutainment videos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a, where, let me see if I can point out the synth where it, like it really hit me. But there's oh. a synth that wouldn't be out of place in like a, is that just like, be like the triangle is the strongest shape. And it'd be like. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Triangles. Um, I know there was one and I can't remember if it was because I was doing notes for two songs. Right. If it was this song or if it was on the other playlist. Um, where at the end, there's just like a synth that comes in that's like, who brought in like a shitty Casio like halfway through the recording? <laughs> I don't think it's this one, actually. Let me find that synth because I, I did write this down and it has such a like distinct noise to it. Yeah, like two. You can start here. I heard it 229. Okay. It's that real, like, kind of glassy. Let's see if there's a better I kind of, I think it. I know what you're, like, the, that, I don't know. There's something about that. Yeah, it's, that like, sound. a little bit bright. It's a little soft around the edges. really, like, elevator music-y or, like, yeah. yeah, like, you're watching, like, someone's producing this for, like, a corporate video. Yeah, corporate video. Like, but how can I help protect my company from cybersecurity threats and they're like well <laughs> let me tell you like and then it's just yeah. like -na 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 in the background exactly. like that kind yeah. of thing 100 percent. you it, got it the feels big like, like that yeah except not cybersecurity threats because it's the 90s they'd be like but how can it i surf was, the web exactly you, know, you got uh apparently i'm thinking Je about the internet jennifer aniston <laughs> and uh <laughs> um, and oh my um, god the um, other guy chandler yeah. bing chandler bing <laughs> Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, yes. <sighs> Matthew Perry, who wished that Keanu Reeves was dead. Yeah, that's a... Uh, okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so this guy, is this yeah. verse is kind of weird because it really does feel like just like a pop kind of ballad, and like the drums make it feel like a bit Latin, but in that very like like easy listening '90s kind of way. And it's 100%. really in that vein, and it's if I mean if that's what you're looking for, go for it, man. But it's also like over four minutes long, and that's pretty long for this. That's song. pretty long for a song with basically two verses. That are both two lines. Yeah. <laughs> Three uh, verses, I guess. Yeah. Depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah, and it also, like you said, it's so much of the time, and this is a band from the 60s, it raises the question of, like, who is status quo? What do yeah, they stand what for? Is what is their quo? identity? Yeah. They're, they're a strange group. I think there's a reason they were never, like, massive, and it's yeah. that they didn't have that kind of identity. Um, yeah. Or maybe that's part of it. I it's guess like I shouldn't David, say that's the one thing holding them back. Because I don't know that much about. Status I don't know quo. that much. And about they were them. reasonably successful. Like they've yeah. been at it for sixty, 60 years. <laughs> so, like, damn. But um, there is like people think of hits. David Bowie as being like a chameleon, right? They're like, oh, he does all these different genres, and it's it's always David Bowie, though. Right. Yes. Whereas for he's all, always looking for ways to challenge himself mm-hmm. and challenge like. And often also challenge like norms. In yeah, certain, conventions certain and even like songwriting or societal yeah. norms. Like he is, he's, he's active. He is actively yeah. changing. Whereas this or is status changing, quo feels like they're but, yeah. adapting to the times. So they're like, fuck, we gotta, everybody's wearing these kind of suits now. We gotta buy that kind of suit. Like that's yeah. their thing. They're very much on the wave. Whereas like David Bowie is creating yeah. the wave. Which like, fine. Sure, yeah. It's less exciting. It's less exciting. And these we're literally following up David Bowie's with this right now. Yeah, so and it's I a very don't tough thing to really like this version that much for that. No, reason. I think you're right. It's bloated and for what has a lot of elements of easy listening of the late eighties and mid nineties is like is this good? <laughs> yeah. 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 Does Definitely it have direction? Like not, not pushing boundaries. 90s. Yeah, you get a sax solo too, which yeah, it's not bad. I like a sax yeah, solo. I like a sax solo. But yeah, it doesn't elevate the rest of the song or anything. No, so it's this one falls very flat. Very, and even the vocals kind of harken more back to the McCoy style of just like even tempered. Yeah, even though I think you have on. the canon stuff. Yeah, they do. Um, but yeah. I will say every time they let that sax just go off though, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, just just do a sax. Just do a sax instrument. Just yeah, rip some sax there. Although he does get into that kind of like balloon farting range near the <laughs> end. Is that high or low? That's I think that's high. It's a bit of that rich wetzel range. Oh yeah. <laughs> that rich wetzel. He just touches it for a second though, so it's like it's not too too bad. <laughs> rich wetzel sax. Oh no. Yeah, not not high price. Yeah, this version is strange, confused. Let's move on to another version that's also strange. Uh, the Aaron Orchestra in 2010. This is, uh, I couldn't really find much on them. They seem to be a piece that was put together just for David Bowie cover acts, as far as I yeah. can tell. Yeah, that seems to be what this is. Um, they have this this Life on Mars, a tribute to David Bowie album, with a bunch of David Bowie covers. And yeah, I couldn't find anything on them. 
other than it, you Google them and it like leads you back to Spotify. Yeah, exactly. On all music, but like it's not really. There's no description. It's just here's some mm-hmm. songs they did. It's not even doesn't even list all of these. So no. So here's what I think happened with this. I have a theory here. They put on the distortion on the rock and roll instruments and the rock and roll vocals, and they laid down a plain version of Sorrow. And they kind of they listened back to it in the monitor, and they're like, "Well, oh, this sounds like it's missing something." And somebody was like, hey, have you heard of noise rock? And they're like, what's that? And it's like, they're like, it's rock and roll with noises in it. And they're like, we can do that, I think. And so this they laid over another guitar track. 2010. They, they bumped it up. Yeah, they had been in a fucking <laughs> cave for 20 years. They hadn't heard of it. And they're like, well, we're going to put one guitar on this that's just making a lot of weird noises. And we're going to blast that. And now this version is interesting. That was their approach here. And it failed for me, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you described it right there, right? Like, they just, they put a little more distortion on it, and they have that, like, kind of droning guitar. Or it might just be a synth. Yeah, too. it it plays into the realm of, like, radio distortion noise, right? So it could be a synth, it could be a guitar. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the reason I'm leaning to synth is, like, because on a synth, you could literally just hold the key down. Right. You know, and then you'd get kind of some sounds, because things, yeah. if you have multiple, uh, yeah, you could flick knobs, or, like, just automate it all um Mm -hmm. and if you have multiple oscillators um that are supposed to be playing the same note usually they'll be slightly out of phase so if you just hold it you'll get that like phaser sound yeah and that's what this is so like has that um which is related to what you would get in the original is that phaser stuff that's true yeah um but yeah that's kind of it like it being 2010 there's like bigger guitar chords you know yeah um and it's very crunchy in that way. Very crunchy. I, yeah. It's not, it's just, I called it indie. And I'm like, there's no reason for me to call it that other than like they're using the Other than the that, no of, professional yeah. record label would pay money for this. Yeah, it's, um, not I super this. unique, I would say. Like the, the parts of it don't make me excited. It, like no. you said, kind of just feels like they're doing another thing. Um, I thought it was like fine, but not more than that. Not more than that. I think I agree. I don't mind the. I like the distortion. I like distortion on instruments. I think that's not even a bad base for them to build off of. I think their their synth because I think you might be right. It is a synth doing these this radio interference so loud in the mix. <laughs> it's quite loud. It's for so. A drone. It's so like it seems loud. like maybe they could like shift it down an octave and also turn it down a bit or something. Turn like it down that. a bit and then maybe get another element of noise in here because like a noise rock version of this would be cool. We're dealing with sorrow, yeah. Like if it was like legitimately that versus the way you described it, I think makes sense. Of like it's part of it, but it does mm-hmm. feel like it's just kind of put on top. Yeah, and it just like it's not an appealing sound, and it shouldn't be our main focus. <laughs> Not that, you know, it ha- all noises have to be appealing. You can make a song with ugly noises and yeah. be great. But this is not that. Hmm. And, yeah, we get a guitar solo that kind of mimics the Bowie saxophone. It's, uh, yeah, it sounds like a tech error almost. They're like, I don't know. We were Like when you plug in your amp and you're accidentally getting like radio channels, you know? Like, <laughs> I do know. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. Um, but yeah, and that's like, why this is version. party in the USA playing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> not bad if you need a radio, but typically that's not what you're looking for <laughs> yeah, when no you're recording. Won't. 
Um, but we're gonna look away from the Aaron Orchestra unless you got any other hot takes. No, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there much is much to say. To say it's very close. And- um, we come to a band we've talked about before for a song that's also kind of similar to this. We're, we're talking about Detoten Hosen in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, in uh, 2020 also. They've been around yeah. for a while. They've been around for a while. Uh, literally, their name is The Dead Trousers. Apparently, figuratively, it's The Dead Beats. Okay. So, like, it means something other than... Because, like, to us, obviously, it's just... It just like, sounds like nonsense. Like, kind of a non-sequitur, but the silly mm-hmm. one. Because you're talking about yeah. pants. Yeah, how can um, pants be dead? Yeah, what? But, yeah, what? It's a, if it's actually a phrase, that makes more sense. And also, as, like, a, a, a punk group, they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Or more or less punk. They're punk, right? They yeah, are punk considered punk. And this is the confusing thing about them for this is me, not I think. Super punk rock. And because maybe it's just seeing their name and being like, wow, that is quite German. I'm ready for a little edge, a little grit, like a little ugh, something to something to hold on to. These guys are very tame. We talked Certainly about them in this this version. In this version. We talked about them way back in like two years ago for Love or Me for the whole wide world. Ah, uh, that was the They one. did a cover of that. I, I'll recall that one being very tame as well. Yeah, the other song I know by them is from Guitar Hero, which is the that's right. Here Come to Alex. Here Come to Alex. Because my yeah, name's actually, in it. That's right. It's about you. Yeah. Arriving at places. They wrote a song about me. That was nice of these German boys. And that one at least has some semblance of punk on it. Yeah. So I can understand this, them being a punk band. The other thing is, this is from their, co- they have a cover, series of cover series, albums. Series, yeah, Learning uh, English Lesson. Called Learning English Lesson. Um, oh, this would be this Lesson 3. Lesson 3. Yeah. Learning, Learning English, English Lesson 3. three. Mercy Beat, The Sound of Liverpool. Lesson so obviously, Liverpool. it's a cover of the Mercies. Yes. Um, I, and there's no Hang On Sloopy on this. There's no Hang On Sloopy? What, so weird, but the, the, the you would think if you got a whole album of Mercy Beat covers, the sounds of Liverpool, oh. you co- would cover their number one hit song, Hang On they Sloopy. Didn't cover Hang On Sloopy. Yeah, I mean, they already have. Oh, I know Hippie Hippie Shake. That's fun. <laughs> look at you, Alex. <laughs> look at all these. Look at all these songs. Alex found his new favorite album. All right. <laughs> shake, rattle, and roll. Anyway. Um, yeah, I know Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Who yeah, doesn't know I mean, Shake, Rattle, a, and Roll? Yeah. Well, no. um, we come in with a bit of one, two, three, four. That's punk rock. That's punk rock. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, it's the intro, right? It's the intro from, yeah. the, from the Mercy's version, but on the, on the uh, thing. Guitar. Yeah, That's on guitar it. with a little bit of crunch on it. Yeah, I was also surprised, like how close this was to the original. Like what they have in terms of punk is mm-hmm. like the guitar is a bit distorted, but like it's yeah, not. and it's it's noisy. Mm-hmm. I would say I would actually compare it favorably to the Aaron Orchestra because they do something similar, right? In that they have kind of like an original style version. They have horns and stuff um and and then they put their stuff on top of it but like there's a little more to it than that yeah it's like like a solid like rock and roll update because like they kind of have these contrasting things and then they're like let's put distorted guitars on top of big band basically yeah 
and like the distortion isn't too heavy like you said it's it's yeah. their punk element but it's really just kind of like rock and roll yeah. it's kind of extra textures yeah and they get their drums are big and loud you get a lot of cymbal crashes so it is bigger as well it's got bigness to it bigness large yes yeah large yes i don't know if that's actually uh accurate here um but i like the word um hey, who doesn't and uh they also kind of have like half british accents which is yeah fun. i guess um, that's the learning english maybe they're they do yeah. feel like they're a band who is maybe not a comedy act but likes to be a little funny maybe yeah i mean yeah that's they definitely seem and that is also, fun, I guess, a bit of a punk also, element. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've been around for a while. This isn't, like, the most edgy thing to do, but it's clearly something that they're... Yeah, I mean, Because they get... enjoyed, because, like, they didn't have to put out exactly. an album with a cover this. of Sorrow on it. Like, no. Unlike David Bowie, I'm sure they were not pressured by yeah, the Yeah, I don't think they're like, listen, Detoten Hosen is huge right now in the year 2020. We need an album out before Christmas. Yeah, this is a like, well, everything shut down from COVID. Fuck it. Yeah, t- time to reflect on your life and bang out your third cover album with yeah. some songs from Liverpool, because you probably heard these when you were younger. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're right. It is a pretty Mercy's covers, because they bring back in those two horn blasts. Bump, bump. Oh, they do too. Yeah, yeah. You get some vocal doubling. Yeah, it's you. You're right. This is the better version of the Aaron Orchestra. (laughs) In some ways, it's yeah, similar concept with different elements, different yeah, different different execution. But it feels like they. I don't know. Feels better. Feels better. Um, but let's move on, Alex. Let's talk about our final cover of the day, Manu Grace, in yeah. 2021. South African singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, looked up her description of herself. Describes her music as sensitive pop. Uh, unguarded and groovy. How do you feel about that description, Alex? Um, well, I think there's, I mean, I, I, I listened to a little bit. I, I checked out a couple songs, you know, a few seconds, because I was a busy person. Of course, you're a busy guy, you got things to do. There's some groove. Yeah, this one, I kind of went back and forth on. I like elements of it, and I feel like maybe there should be more, but then I'm also like, well, I kind of like the sparseness of it. That is so stripped down. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like close mic plus soundscape synth going on. Yeah. Um, and then she yeah. she kind of slowly adds in minimal textures. There's a drum that gets panned between the two, the left and right speaker. And it's this very like like two note like hand drum. It's so there's like a good quality of sound to it. Yeah, and it stays very like it's it stays low down the whole time, and there's some build, there's some things added, but it's mm-hmm. it stays pretty low. So like you feel small changes more. Uh, that's something we've talked about before. Um, yeah, seems to do it pretty well. Uh, there's a few other things like there's a lot of synthesizers kicking around, um, yeah. or a few at least because it's still pretty stripped down. Um, later on, it adds extra vocal tracks. Actually, earlier on, it kind of has them sporadically, and then more regularly 
yeah over time so like the few synthesizer sounds and like some errant percussive hits here and there the vocals will double up for short periods of time things like that and then it's all doubled kind of as i think later on is that true yeah, I think you're correct there. So, because it kind of like you're right, there's like a ramping like of more interest kind of, of excitement on this, but it is like quite a low, low ramping. Yeah, and then like you also, I mean, this is a thing that gets that's common enough in modern stuff. Like there's kind of like this bass noise level that you have yes. in the later parts, and then it's hard to identify exactly what's going on. Maybe it's like the the remains of an echo or something like that, or there's just a light like kind of. But it's there, and it feels fuller, even though there's not really more music, more right. sounds. Um, they're just staying around longer or something. Um, but it's still pretty delicate throughout. Yeah. Like I keep saying, uh, there's even like a little guitar lick. I have 126 timestamp. Yeah, the, uh, the guitar solo, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a lick. Um... But like the rest of the song, yeah, it's, it it keeps it keeps it simple, or delicate, as I like to keep saying. Yeah. There's one other thing she does, mm-hmm. which is kind of takes the with your long blonde hair, yes. lines, and like turns that into a chorus, because she repeats it early on, and then yeah, she again does. near the end, uh, which I thought was a pretty good move. Yeah, it's definitely the version that takes this song apart the most and like even in sparseness does the most different things with it yeah and i i actually i i liked what she did with it yeah and and building on that idea of self-reflection from the original plays here as well like it's 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 got all that space for you to really think right you get that close mic sound that feels intimate in that way but also Mm -hmm. Alone. Uh, I also want to shout out the guitar tone. It's like a little fuzzy. And uh, yeah. I always like it to be a little fuzzy. Uh, reminded me I need to fix my fuzz pedal that I is that you not built. Working, that I built. And it's never quite worked right for reasons that I have not been able to determine. Mm. Uh, which is always, I don't know if it's motivating, but you know, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's good, good to thing. think about things like that. Definitely. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the the equivalent of when you go to like a five star restaurant and they give you little teeny tiny meals and you're like, well, this isn't much, but what's <laughs> there is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's my take. Uh, let's go into our final verdicts, though, Alex. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and the saddest version. Sad. Alex, what's it going to be for worst version? Worst version. Uh, I'm going to give it to status quo. That's I... fair. That's a good choice. I just didn't feel like what they did with it was very interesting. I know we have covers like this all the time. Where we're like, oh, they put it in this genre. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't know. This one was like, what's the point status quo? Yeah, it's the one that had the least like identity to me, despite so many weird things going on in it. Yeah, maybe it's just a genre I personally don't like. But I mean, that's still valid, I think. That's the thing is I couldn't even like put my finger on a genre, really. Like easy listening i guess yeah. like pop adult contemporary like what what is it sure maybe i don't know though it's a it's a weird one it does feel yeah like lifeless and just just too long too four minutes of this shit come on 
wrap it up. You're sad about a girl. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's too long. Definitely yeah, too long. and as much as I dislike the Aaron Orchestra version, I think at least that one is, <laughs> like, its intent is clear even if it's bad at it. Yeah, like what whatever Aaron Orchestra, for. whatever the, the, the very misleadingly named Aaron Orchestra had. Had, um, yeah. They, I mean, they, the they achieved something. Mm-hmm. Not much, but something. But something. That's more than I can say for status quo. I agree. Worst version. All right, Alex, who's the best version of this? Oh, man. I mean, we're here to talk about David Bowie. We are. Um, And I really feel like there are, we we outlined a lot of reasons that his version is actually very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else I could give it to. I liked other versions. Sure, yeah. Not as much as the David Bowie version. <laughs> yeah, I think it really... And it, of course, it's the first one I ever listened to. And of course, it's David Bowie. So yeah, on, on those accounts, I'm super biased towards it. But listening to what came before, and even like the Mercy's version, which is solidly built, I think David Bowie refines on those elements and like you know makes it all a little nicer a little bigger a little more bowie and it plays very well yeah and makes some like small changes that make the song a little more meaningful in some Mm -hmm. ways so there you go yeah high class games of sorrow is just a great lyric so come on it's good stuff. Yeah, Dave Bowie, I think, has to be the best, even if that is cheating for Bowie me. I don't care. It's the best <laughs> version. Uh, but that brings us to the saddest version, Alex. Saddest version? I don't know. I mean, it's the quietest. I want to give it to Manu Grace. Yeah, I think that room one gives you know. a lot of I, I can't to... give it to Ed Wilson. His is the happiest version. His is, yeah, secretly the happiest version. So if that was what it was, he would definitely get it. Uh, but it's not, so. No. But shout out to him, Sandra, Sandra, great version. Also, never seen a Brackets title that is also just the title, but again. The title? (laughs) Have I never seen? I'm trying to think of a, oh well, it doesn't matter. Maybe I have, but you know, can't think of it at the moment. Yeah, Manu Grace. I think that's great. Great little sad song. A lot of space, especially for for, uh, you you modern sad boys out there. Gives you all that space to be sad. Yeah. All that. So there you go. We're unanimous on Sorrow. It's been decided. So even if you have a different opinion, feel free to tell us. But come on. Come on now. But hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod. At Jake the Cressy. At some Alex, some, some Alex Wise Guy. Send us comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Uh, talk to us there. Same thing. Same deal. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You know, wherever podcasts are sold, we're there. Given away, it's free. Um, so that's that. Be sure to market us. You're the marketing team. Go out there and get them. You got to tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell anybody in between or outside of those two definitions about this show because people need to know. They got to know about the show. You know that because then we can keep doing the show because people know about it. But hey, that does it for today's episode. And as we always say on Cover Me, with your Cover Me, I couldn't sleep last night.